This episode is featuring Kendrick Gwynn, CEO and founder of Republic, and how they have built a platform that has revolutionized and impacted the everyday investor with just even $100. You have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation. If you want to learn how to make a difference in your life, if you want the skills in order for you to impact your communities, Madcasters is your podcast. I invite you to get ready because this is the launch pad for you to go mad. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Brian St. Louis, BSL, and we're here with another episode of Madcasters where we learn how to make a difference. I believe that the only way to effectively impact our world is to first progressively change the way that we see ourselves. That mindset transformation will launch us to enhance our holistic lifestyle and subsequently impact the world. So here you will get the necessary tips, stories, and inspiration to learn how to make a difference in your life and in turn impact the world. Be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast. We're basically everywhere from Apple, iTunes, Google, and if you would like to support this channel even more, you can become a Patreon supporter. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Madcasters. And you can choose whichever tier you would like to help support this channel even more. The more supporters we get in this realm equates to more episodes launched every week. And so if you see value in what we're doing in Madcasters, become a Patreon supporter. Thank you to all those who are currently supporting and to those who will be supporters. With us today, we have Ken Gwynn. He's the founder and CEO of Republic, a platform that allows for everyday people like you and me, unaccredited investors, to be able to invest in the private investing platform. And the whole concept behind Republic is to make sure that investors can seek high growth potentials and and. We, with us today, Ken is the, the co-founder and he is a, a wonderful individual. I'm, I must say, before he even gets to that place, uh, having an opportunity to be able to speak with him and, and his openness to, to speak with his investors and those who come onto the platform, I think is just very valuable to him as a person. And so thank you so much, Ken, for coming on to Madcasters. It is an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much, sir, for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we, we all know you, Ken, as, as the, the founder and CEO of, of Republic, one of the, the three top uh, equity crowdfunding platforms in, in, in America. But can you tell us a little bit more about who you are as, just as a person? Uh, because we, we want to know your, your story, your, the years before we know you as the founder of Republic. <laughs> that is a loaded question because it's so open-ended. Mm. But I would say if I have to give like a one-line answer, I think it's just a man's search for meaning. You know, given the opportunities that we all have, do what we think is most impactful. Uh, more specifically, uh, more specifically though, my my family immigrated from Vietnam, mm. uh, and I grew up in in the late '90s in the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, our family was not wealthy. I mean, we came to America with uh, next to nothing at all. And so we weren't accredited. We weren't millionaires. We saw mm -hmm. the news about Google and eBay, but it had not. You can be in the center of it and be so outside of it, like mm -hmm. most people. Uh, and so, you know, the, the notion that, hey, I kind of, how come parents how come you're not investing and they're like well because we're we're not rich we don't know the right people uh was <laughs> a conversation that certainly happened more frequently than not in my household as i grew up uh and ended up going to college and and became a lawyer um, yes. but, you know in new york and in the financial ecosystem and the insane thing was most very wealthy lawyers in their 50s and 60s did not have any access to startup either, right? They would really? have a million. Wow. Yeah, you know, this rarefied word of private investing was, and even now is as inaccessible mm. to 
millionaires as it is to non-millionaires. Uh, it's just the purview of the privileged few in the in the core of it. Uh, I took that legal background and went into academia and then worked at AngelList, uh, which is a platform where Uber raised the first million dollars uh, back like over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was President Obama who pushed yes. forth an important regulatory change and it was his work uh, that bring forth uh, an innovation, a change in an 80 year change in mm-hmm. regulations that enable you and me and everyone to invest small amount in early stage innovations and in companies that we believe in. So long winded way of saying that is a, a longer journey than most uh, tech entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of it is just intention and luck and meeting the right people along the way uh, and wanting uh, to, to kind of like answer that question that I had when I was 12 and 13, mom and dad, how can we're not a hundred dollar investor <laughs> in Google or in eBay? Uh, and hopefully now or the next generation, uh, pretty much anyone can. Ken, I, I must say not many 12 or 13 year olds are thinking about their parents investing <laughs> into private equity, uh, you know, companies. So you what know. made you, yeah, what made you even come up with that kind of um, notion in your mind? You know, it wasn't even, I didn't know what private equity was, a venture was. All I knew is that there was this company called eBay and there was another mm. company called Pets.com. Uh, and I love pets. And I also <laughs> was in the early phase of like computer enthusiasts, right? So mm. I knew about things like Google and before that was Yahoo. Uh, and it may headline news, whether it's in the San Jose Mercury News or the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, and so I was just reading these things. And I'm like, hey, these people are getting very rich backing these early stage companies. You, mom, dad, are you guys doing it? <laughs> and they just kind of laugh. And they're like, how cute. You know, yeah. I, we, we're not millionaires. We're far from it. Uh, but even if we were, I don't think we would be able to. But mm. the desire to be a part of what I at the time was and am now passionate about uh, at the mm-hmm. time it was about technologies like the new internet and, and yeah. online commerce and nowadays about crypto technology and other, uh, other innovations. Mm. So, I mean, with all of that being said, you know, uh, I know that Obama started the, the Jobs Act and I think it came into fruition in 2016, uh, but not Having that being said, that doesn't mean that everyone who now knows about private equity or knows about um, equity crowdfunding just automatically goes and builds a platform. <laughs> so what gave you that that vision? What gave you that inspiration to see Republic as it is now? The vision down the road and the hope is that at one point, doesn't matter where you live, Mm. you're going to be able to invest and people would think about investing in the same way that they think about buying things. Mm. If you you buy a lot of a product, um, obviously a lot of people consume Apple product and many of them also decide to own a few shares. The mm-hmm. same concept should apply to very early and new things. One mm-hmm. day is when you walk into a restaurant and you just love the food and you love the people who work there. On the way out, you should be able to invest $100 and get some revenue share. So that's the long-term vision. Mm-hmm. But um, wow. the, what gave me the confidence to answer your question was a personal evaluation that I think then, 2016, that the timing was just right for us to be in this confluence of technology changes, mm-hmm. legal changes, and also this trend towards social media and communications uh, and connectedness. Mm-hmm. So what we do or what we built at Republic back in 2016 would not be possible without that regulation, but sure. it would also have not been possible without the notion of platform transactions, mm-hmm. right? The 
AngelList, and before that, the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo, that mm-hmm. wave of e-commerce was already maturing. And I think that, you know, led to us believing that that combining with a way to communicate on social media rather than emailing or writing things, uh, combining with regulatory changes, uh, that we had all the ingredients needed to bake the cake. Now, it took a long time for the cake to be half-baked. And five years out, and I still say that we are a few minutes into this new day uh, of wow. the retail revolution. So uh, whatever traction that we've had, uh, you know, that's, you know, with, with the support of early believers like you, Brian, and other people. Um, but I really think we are so, so, so early still. Mm. I think someone said that we are nowhere even close to the golden ages of equity crowdfunding. And when I heard that, I, I thought to myself, man, we really are, so early in this whole concept and it, it makes a it makes a difference in, in how you even perceive uh your your own self or how you're you know pouring money into the things that actually could invest into your into your future and so with this whole concept of equity crowdfunding why why equity crowdfunding above let's say um stock the the, the normal stock exchange or or um or other types of investments that others that other people want to get into. Why why should someone say I want to come onto the Republic platform or or equity crowdfunding in general? I think it's a question of fairness and empowerment. Uh, mm. There are those who are just interested in Nike and Google and mm. Apple stock. Uh, and by all means, they should be able to do that. But I think it makes very little sense that people are so passionate about products and things around us are not produced by major corporations. Mm. From the food that we consume to the tea that we drink to, you know, some new, I mean, even Airbnb is still a private company. <laughs> Uber after 10 years then became a public company. Yeah. Nowadays, we consume and we use technology and innovation and love things that are private. And it makes no sense on the one hand that only multi-billionaires and venture funds can invest and share in that success, right? Yeah. I was was one of the earlier Uber customers. Oh, Uh, really? I wanted, I didn't have a, 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 you know, a stake in Uber, but if you're one of the earlier customers, you are a stakeholder building and creating and contributing to the success of that company. Mm-hmm. When that company succeeds, it only makes sense that you too share a little bit in that success. So that's one. And the second component is, I believe, fundamentally in the power of money and how that can mm-hmm. very positively drive society like a vote. Now people earn that right, the power to vote, and many of us, you know, view that right in with with a certain both gratitude and 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 an honor that we can vote and and shape our society. Putting your money behind products and team and people that you want to see, uh, I think, is such an important thing in building a more a future that's more representative of what the majority wants. Uh, you know, to give you an example, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that, you know, my family immigrated from Vietnam, which then was a very poor country. Mm-hmm. There's no shortage of talent in Vietnam or in Alaska or in Missouri, and yet 50% of venture capital go to companies just in California. That's right. Cal, New York and Boston, that's like 80%. The rest yeah. of the world, either you assume that there are no talents and no innovations to, mm. to, to fuel, or we realize that there's so much untapped talent. So mm. if the crowd can decide and pick and fund and seed a thousand new entrepreneurs out of that 10, maybe household brand down the road, creating hundreds of thousands of jobs and making the early investor very happy with a payday. Uh, depending on how much you invest, you may or may not you know, be rich or, or even for it to be meaningful. But the fact that you get something back by being that early backer, uh, I think that's the, the, the power to align passion 
and profit. The mm. two need not be separate. Profit yeah. can be boring. It, it can be mm. with, with passion. I love that. I love that because I, I like how you, especially how you said that, you know, most of the people that that invest, you know, we look at most of these VCs. I think I read an article not too long ago that VCs, first of all, they, they have a hard time even invest, investing in women, right? Uh, most of them do not invest in 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 um uh, in consumer to to business. Pro- I think it was consumer to to business um, products, but most of them only uh, most of them only only invest in B two B. You know, business to business companies, and and a lot a lot of women are, are finding themselves in multiple different places, and and I mean, we're talking about that's one sector. Then you have another sector of the fact that uh, many VCs only only invested, just like you said, in in most companies in California and or in New York and Boston and everything of the sort. But there's so much other people out there, there's so much untapped talents, and so I, I believe that equity crowdfunding is actually changing the game. And revolutionizing the game in that sense to allow these everyday companies who who may not have had a chance before, but not everyone else is able to invest in them. And I just I just love it because I remember when uh, Lau noticed he he told me about Republic and he you know this was about two years ago now and he he told me hey man um, invest in this company and and he was telling me about it he was telling me about the Republic platform X Y and Z and and I invested in my first company was Inamed. And I remember I just put sixty dollars, man. I felt I put sixty dollars, but that sixty dollars felt so good, man. <laughs> like it, it, it made me change. I, from that day, it just made me change the way I saw money. And and you, you allowed that. You opened this platform, and I, and I believe as well. I think I've, I'm right now actually on Republic. I'm on over forty deals now because um, I, I once again I just love your platform. But one of the things that I love your platform about is the fact that you focused from from any because i i've i've looked at many multiple multiple platforms uh i typically only invest in about four uh but republic being my highest one but you you are the highest focus on diversity and inclusion and i love that what what made you feel that this needs to be something that that is pushed that is birthed and needs and needs to be across the board from your from your platform specifically. Out of the often said and certainly a truth that I passionately believe in, which is talents are truly distributed, but opportunities mm-hmm. are not, but mm-hmm. can be. Uh, and my own background, but also seeing. Um, how reflecting on my own experience, mm. um, most things that I have quote unquote accomplished, it was because someone else opened a certain door. And without that opportunity, I would have walked out a very different path. Right. Uh, so out of that and the belief that um, it is not technology and venture capital, I think, generally overvalue brilliance or a flash of create creativity. And I think it mm-hmm. undervalue the diversity of viewpoints and how when there's a solution or when there's a challenge because of the diverse perspectives that a team can come together and have a solution to that problem that no one else has had before. Mm. So whether it's a person and by traveling, by having a broad network of friends, that you happen to see the world in a slightly unique sense and that Mm -hmm. turn into a new product or a new idea, or as a team with diverse team members of all different backgrounds, seeing the world or seeing a problem in a new way and become more effective. There's no question in my mind that diversity is not only a fairness issue, but it is a productivity uh, issue. It is an efficiency issue and it is a creativity issue. Mm -hmm. A more diverse team naturally is going to be more effective, more efficient. And quite frankly, if you're an investor and you're looking for that 
rough diamond that you're going to polish and sell for a billion dollars later. Stop fishing in the same pool with 10,000 other people trying to extract value out of it when there's a whole world of untapped potentials mm. with all these different values that ultimately down the road can be much more can pay higher dividends to those early investors than the same tire pool of Silicon Valley and Silicon Alley. Mm. I love that, man. And, and I think it's, I think it's so needed, you know, uh, and, and I believe that once again, you want, you're given opportunity to people who may not have seen those opportunities before. And it's, it's, it really has opened up this, this new wave, uh, in, in, and people who have their creative mindsets and, and want to flow and to move in a direction that is that is positive for them. And Brian, I want to you, you said something that was so touching and generous about your first investment mm-hmm. and how it basically led you down a path to now have made a dozen of, of angel investment. Yeah. It is a fairly common narrative that I hear from venture capitalists, those who had careers, whether it's doctors, iBanking, and the moment that they go into startup investing, they Mm. almost never go back because it is so meaningful, so engaging. There is something about being a part of something, of 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 a founder, of a technology that you believe in, and you go along in that journey and building and adding value and share it to your personal network. That makes us feel more connected to the world around us. And it is, it's not even about the desire to share that wealth with everyone or the desire to have everyone sharing the wealth of private equity and venture is important. But I think what's more important to me, and I think the value of Republic and crowd investing is the sense of connectedness and belonging, the sense of empowerment that I think people should experience. It may not be for everyone. Certainly binary return may not be for everyone. That's why we have things like real estate. You know, we allow people to invest in fixed income, consistent return, $200 in a real estate, um, in a residential real estate on Republic. But at the end of the day, it's about getting involved, getting in, getting connected and feeling that you're, you're heard. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. I, I agree with that. And I mean, you talked about your, your, uh, your ability to have so many different options as well. You don't just have the, these companies that you can invest in for, for startups, but you have the real estate. Um, the other thing too, that, that was very interesting to me was cause I'm a gamer. I'm a big gamer. <laughs> well, at least I used to be. Um, but this, to see the fact that your platform has taken over the, the, the gaming world in that sense of, of, of helping people to, to start up gaming, um, to getting more, more, uh, uh, companies that, that want to, to fund on your, or, or to raise on your platform. You know, how did, how did that all go come about? I, Cause I, I, I mean, I saw it, I saw it happening, but like, I just want to know what really got you to wanting to make that happen. And Brian, a game like Assassin's Creed, I yes. think generates something like a few billion dollars in revenue <laughs> from a single game. Yeah. <laughs> An expensive game is a few hundred thousand dollars to produce. It's a lot yeah. of money, but it's nothing in comparison to billions of revenue. Out, yeah. Imagine if you invested a thousand dollars in the the next or the most recent version of like Warcraft or Assassin's Creed mm. and, and share a little bit in that revenue stream, right? That can be so powerful. But your question about how we decided that gaming would be an asset class and a vertical, and it still goes back to identifying things that people are passionate about. A lot of people are passionate about many things, but I'm sure there are those who are passionate about phone cases, but not as many as those who would be so passionate about games and movies and sports music. Uh, So we very much see entertainment as something that aligns passion with profit. And so gaming, which is the first vertical, I have no doubt that you're Mm going to see sports, and music and movie on Republic as well, again, to open up 
that that or, or expand the menu mm-hmm. for our community members to to pick and, and choose and align their passion. That's great. That's great. I, I love it. I'm, and I'm ready for it because I know some of my investments are definitely going to be going into that very soon. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this, and, and I know you know this, uh, but Republic has has raised over $150 million uh, on your platform. And now you've reached, was it more than 700,000 members uh, on, on Republic as well? I, I mean, you've once again, like I've said, the the concept of of mad casters is is individuals or organizations that are constantly making a difference. And what you've done, you've changed the lives of more than seven hundred thousand a thousand people. And what what does that feel to you to know that you've impacted so many people in this way? And 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 how does that affect the future of Republic, knowing that you've been able to impact and to to help transform the lives of so many people who have invested onto your platform. We have grown uh, so fast that currently our member, uh, our community of members uh, is over a million now. And the wow. investment volume uh, exceeded 300 million uh, as of, you know, March 15. Yes. Uh, but uh, wow. I, I think... Uh, we wouldn't even think about the work success until the community uh, is a hundred millions and hopefully at one point in the billions. Because the goal out for us and for the team is from the get from the get go is not just building a profitable profitable business and sell it. It's mm-hmm. meant to do what we can for as long as we can in this lifetime to push something that I think is most impactful that I know of using my ability. So the world where everyone knows about their ability to invest privately in the same way that they think about recycling or voting, Mm -hmm. I think it will amplify and will do so much good and be so generative that that few things that or anything at all that comes to mind right now that in my opinion is uh, that, that that is that I'm more passionate about. So to answer your question, it's still very early on for us, Brian, and it's mm. the one thing that we focus on is. Uh, our products, there's still so many things we can improve for our investors, for the companies that come to raise on our platform. We can do a better job explaining to people the risk involved as well as the excitement involved. So every day is more about focusing on the customers uh, and, and changing and improving it day in, day out. Uh, truth be told, we have not very often take a step back and say, Hey, we've gone pretty far. Now is the moment to take a deep breath and uh, you know and relax a little bit. Uh, we probably should at one point even take mm-hmm. a brief moment, but we haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard when you have companies raising five million dollars on your platform, man, and, and you have individuals who who are consistently trying to 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 grow. I mean. Like for instance, backstage capital. I know they raised like one point zero seven million dollars in what? What was it? Five hours or something of the sort? Or six hours? And now they've raised more than and five it, million. Yeah, now they raised five million as soon as as soon as the thing opened up in the SEC for in March fifteenth. They just went back on and raised the five million, and and it's just. And I think um I, I think Gumroad two was was another major one for you. Backstation Gumbro uh, were and are the first, if not the only, Rex CF campaigns that raise five millions from retail investors. And the unique things about them is that Gumbro already has revenue. They do ten millions, uh, and they did the entire Series C or much of it, the five millions out of six millions from the retail community. And Baxley wow. being a venture firm, it doesn't get any more elite <laughs> than a venture firm. And even a venture firm can effectively, can successfully raise that capital for their operation. I think it shows the promise 
of retail capital uh, and and what you know it bodes well for what what to come uh, later this year and in the years ahead. True. How do you feel like equity crowdfunding is is challenging the VC space? Uh, um, I think everything that is new uh, is or that is potentially disruptive to status quo uh, is going to get a lot of pushback and there's going to be a lot of doubt and and uh, uh, you know on it and we definitely have seen a fair share of misconceptions as well as accurate assessment about mm-hmm. the risks associated with this and and uh, but I think that in the long run it will be additive uh, synergistic uh, Brian I don't think VC, certainly not the top VCs, uh, I think there's always a role for them because when you invest with your capital comes a certain value. Mm-hmm. And the value that the Sequoia or Andreessen Horowitz, the, the largest VC bring, is the network, their business relationship, their ability to help you raise and you know, deal with JP Morgan. True. The value of retail is that you have turned 10,000 customers into brand ambassadors. If you mm. run a business, any business, to have your customer who believe in you so much that they would put $100 or $50 into your company, not get anything back aside from the, the promise of future returns, that's an incredibly powerful marketing uh, and, and interest alignment value. So I think the two can go hand in hand. But uh, uh, I think what is clearly already changing is that crowd investing is not a bad signal. The notion that you're not going to raise from the crowd unless you can't raise from VC. Uh, that I think that is very clearly a false narrative. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think there's definitely, like you said, there's a synergy that could be found with uh, equity crowdfunding and VC investments as well. It's, it's not it's not to try to re- destroy one or and to uplift the other as one is greater, but everyone is being able to find their way in the sphere of investments. And so I, I definitely, uh, I appreciate that mindset that you have with that. But I, I, I want to I wanna shift here. You've made a, a, a major partnership with one of the uh, greatest, you know, angel investors we know um, in Silicon Valley. That's uh, with 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 uh, Mr. Draper. How did how did that happen? How were you able to build that that connection, that relationship with with the Draper Foundation, with, with Draper Incorporated? How how were you able to get that to go forward? I think luck is a common recurring theme in my life, which is meeting the right people at the right time, including you, Brian, and that uh, these amazing, uh, accomplished, thoughtful human beings take an interest in our mission mm-hmm. and our conviction, uh, and they're interested in partnering, even though we had very little to offer at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. so him, his father, and his daughter wanted to do a show similar to Shark Tank. Yeah. But at home, they want people to invest alongside a small amount. So not just watching an entrepreneurship reality Mm -hmm. TV show, but they want people to actually participate and engage. Kind of like the Home Shopping Network. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of buying... Uh, and they looked around, and ultimately, uh, the the show was produced by or is produced by Sony Entertainment, the Draper's family, and Republic. Mm-hmm. We provide the infrastructure to allow everyone at home to invest through Republic. It's called Meet the Drapers, and yeah. it's on Sony cable in uh, something like sixty countries around the world. Uh, but yes, it's a you know, imagine, Brian, further down, in addition to The Voice, The X Factor, um, you know, Secret Dancer, or whatever that those shows on TV, mm-hmm. you have TV shows around the world that from teenagers to the elderly watching different concepts of entrepreneurship and able to invest perhaps using a fraction of a Bitcoin. So $5, someone from China could invest $5 in a business in Montgomery, Alabama, and and make that feasible. How fun and how enriching, how engaging that ecosystem got to be. It's amazing. 
Why did you know that every year, depending on the years, as certainly not 2020 because of the pandemic, but、mm-hmm. on average, us Americans spend more than a hundred billion dollars in Las Vegas, and we also buy spend more than eighty billion dollars buying lottery tickets. The vast majority of which are spent by "quote unquote" non-accredited investors. These are、yeah. not multi-multi-billionaires investing. These are. We never. Yes. Yeah. So, all fine. No judgment. I think a lot of my mom, you know, used to give me a couple of lottery tickets on my birthday <laughs> until I became a lawyer, and then she was like, "All right, now you buy me the lottery ticket." There you go. <laughs> you know, people hope. No judgment there. Yeah. If just one percent of this amount of money gets、yeah. invested in innovations in 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 businesses just in America. Wow. In I think in ten years it would change local economies and would even out the innovation geographical gap between the two coasts in a major way. Man, that's that's inc- that's amazing, man. It's amazing in a bad way and amazing in a good way because it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like wow. We you said a hundred billion dollars, a hundred billion dollars in Vegas,、oh、and eighty billion dollars in lottery tickets. That is insane! <laughs> like that, that I didn't know was that much, man. No, imagine what imagine. that would be. <sighs> you know the the I imagine that、um, the amount of money people spend at sports bars、yeah. and club certainly rival both of that combined. And listen, I casually drink. I know to go out and have yeah. fun. Yeah, I imagine back when I was in college. There's certain Fridays. If I could、oh. cut back a pitcher of beer and put that money in whatever startup in a dormate idea, who knows? It could have been Jerry Yang at Google or whatever, and that ten dollars would have been, you know, would have made a a, a big difference. <laughs> Such a big difference, and, and and I think that that's what's so amazing about、uh, a platform like Republic is. It's not like you have to throw in two thousand. Five thousand, ten thousand dollars in order for you to invest. Even if even a hundred dollars can do something major for you, and I, and once again, it, it might not make you a thousand x returns. Every, you know, every hundred investments that you do, but you also don't know if it, if that hundred dollars can make you a ten x return or a hundred x return or even a five x return. Is that not still better? Than a waste of a hundred dollars that is not being used in any way, shape, or form to grow you to invest in your future, and so Republic literally does that, and, and that's why like, for me, when I invested that first sixty dollars, I think it like kicked something in my head. I was like, man, I'm investing into my future. There's and, and so to be honest, ever since I started investing, I started dreaming bigger. I started seeing things bigger. I started wanting to do. Greater things and seeing myself reaching bigger heights, and I, and I'm and honestly, it, it starts from just that. It starts from just that, and, and like you even mentioned before, you know, being able to to invest next to Tim Draper, you know, I, I threw in money into Blue because <laughs> you know when when I found out that you know Tim Draper threw in a million dollars into so a million of his own money. Including the the amount that that they put in from from Meet the Drapers, I was like, yeah, I have to invest with with a billion dollar、uh, with a billion with a billionaire. It, it it's it's it just makes sense, you, you know. It makes sense, and so yeah. I, I... What you said is it's just so true in、uh, the way that I look at investing, and I. Get this question all the time,、mm-hmm. and do you think that it is a good idea、uh, for a student to invest when he's not already experienced about、mm-hmm. his investment opportunities? My answer is the question is how much does he want or she want to invest or、mm-hmm. should she invest rather than if she should invest because、mm-hmm. when it comes to Investing in financial education—it's 
learning by getting started and getting started with the amount of money that you know that just the experience alone is worthwhile. And as you earn, you gain more confidence and you gain more knowledge and interest. You invest larger and larger amount. Uh, So it very much is about get make it it feasible for people to jump in and get started but i absolutely love your story you know one of our early investors in republic uh, and who really opened up the path for us to look at media uh, is chameleonaire uh, uh yes. out of la and he's yes. a, people don't realize it but he's an incredibly well-known and smart yes. Investor, yes, he is. what he did was just incredible. He has this app called Convos, C O N O Z, and he ran a pitch competition on Convos of thousands of thousands of entrepreneurs tuning in to pitch him the business idea, and he allocate ten thousand dollars and then a hundred thousand dollars to invest in the winning company. Mm. And that company also opened itself up for everyone else to invest into it. Yeah. So it opens up a model of, hey, you can either make that decision on your own or rely on the expertise of people like Tim Drapers or Chameleonaire and listeners to your show, uh, you know, at one point, maybe asking Brian, what are you investing this month? Let us know so that we can at least look at it, if not follow yeah, I think it's the word of um, yeah of learning by 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 getting involved, and I think those with a microphone uh, with a platform um, can 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 do wonder. I I agree big time with that um, because like you said, Chameleon there is is and he's not super well known for this, right? But but when I found out that for instance, he invested in fleeting. Um, and and he put in, I think he put in about a hundred thousand dollars into into Fleet, and, and you know, um, big ups to to that company. I think they also raised uh, upwards to to. I think they raised the full amount of one point zero seven at the time, uh, and and they're doing really big things uh, with with their company. But seeing someone like Chameleonaire, you know, throw in a hundred thousand dollars, and and seeing also how he transitioned from you know big star rapper to bigger investor i i think also that 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 kind of that was a really big shift to for me to see in that individual and and you want to you want to invest alongside these people and i and i love the fact that that um you're also able to see who who invests as long as they make it public right cuz not everyone puts puts it public of 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 who they invest or or why they invest in everything of the sort but I love that that we're able to. It, it's, it really does feel like the crowd, you know. Everyone is investing together. You know what? What's next? Who who do we need to know? What what what? How much do we need to make? You know, how much should I put into this company? Who's the top investor in 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 this in, in this company and everything of the sort? So it, it really helps to you're moving as a as a group, making this happen. And and I'll I'll, I'll ask this question too because. You know, many great things are happening with with Republic. You know, you're getting a lot of traction. You're getting a lot of, of forward movement. Uh, but what what have been some of the difficulties, some of the some of the shortcomings that have, have also happened throughout uh, your time as as you're building Republic? Uh, so many, uh, Brian, and people um, look at a journey uh, of a tech company and probably only see the highlight. Uh, we yeah. recently closed a financing round and from outside looking in, obviously a wonderful thing. And they're like, wow, that must be awesome. And it is awesome. But um, I probably have had 300 rejections uh, before mm-hmm. a yes. Uh, and to do a pitch, to give you an example, when we go out and do fundraising, um, in order to get to a no, you have to do a couple of phone calls on Zoom. Then before the pandemic, meet in person, then hours spent on due diligence, and then rinse and repeat about 200 times while operating the company. Uh, several times in the past three or four or five years, uh, we were not far from the point of if we did not earn that confidence from that single investors, if we were just a month late, 
I don't know. We might have had to wow. lean down the team drastically. Um, and yeah. uh, another challenge is that it does take uh, the entirety uh, of the effort that is all aspect of my personal life is very simple because I know that if it wasn't simple, if I have a very active dating life, if I have a messy friendship circle, it's going to not be able to accommodate it because you have mm-hmm. to cancel your vacation on last minute because of whatever else coming up uh, and not go see your family as often, not, you know, hang with your, your, your friends, um, uh, you know, as frequently as you used to be. So it, it does take a tremendous amount of um, just hustle and a lot of luck. Um, but there's so many things along the way uh, that we could have done better. Uh, but looking back is really, when you look back in hindsight, my philosophy is that, learn from the past, but never look back with any else regret or misgiving. Mm. Everything happened for a reason. If you can learn from something from the past, take it and move it forward and look ahead and don't sit there and say should have, would have. That's just, yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree big time with that because, I mean, you can't change the past. You can't do anything to change it. And so why, why linger in the past so much? And Brian, if you currently, for any of us at any moment in time, if we are currently happy in this very moment, mm. you don't want to change anything about the past. You change one thing and you're maybe miserable. It's true. You and, never know. And if you're sitting here not super happy, a little bit miserable, don't freaking think about the past. Go out and do something that's going to make you happy. <laughs> Why are you sitting here pondering about what happened yesterday or last mm. year when you with whomever no go out there eat someone <laughs> invest go swim you know yeah i love that Rowling on the past is is not a win is, is never a win yeah yeah <laughs> i love that i love that man yo I, I must say ken your your personality uh just it, it really booms man it comes out <laughs> very strong <laughs> and I, I really enjoy it because you know sometimes you you see the man behind the the computer and and you know you see the the accolades of of republic and all the the highlights and everything but just having this candid conversation here i just think it's so it's very it's very authentic it's very it just feels very uh bold in in that sense you know where we could just really get to know you in that regard man i i love it i love it you're too kind i'm deeply grateful and just excited i think it's my association that that (laughs) my uh, you know my my energetic side you know comes out (laughs) there you go man there you go there you go that's awesome man that's awesome i'll I'll ask this question too for for the person who's who's not really understanding or, or maybe they do they get it they they you know they see the the vision they understand the dream but they haven't pulled the trigger yet. You know, what do you say to that investor who who just needs to make that 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 choice, that who needs to take that leap? That's a great question. Uh, not everything in life is for everyone, but my mm-hmm. only advice is this. The only way that you can live a life that's worth living is getting involved. Mm. Whatever it is that you adequately interested in get involved startup is investing is not for everyone some people are not adequately interested in it Mm. are you interested in real estate are you interested in climate change are you interested in gender inequality are you interested in racial inequality and Mm. so even if you don't like a company maybe ten dollars investing in a female founder in a Black or Latinx founder, if you currently are anxious or feel that, uh, you know, the, the, the rise in, say, Asian-American discrimination speaks to you, then, you know, perhaps uh, support an Asian-owned business. Whatever it may be that speaks to you, just know that just like your vote, I think there are plenty of people out there who can vote but don't mm-hmm. vote. Uh, I think everyone yeah. should. Uh, sometimes people can because of their personal situation they, on that day yeah. as well. But they should. And I think that when people think of investing, is your dollar matters. And putting your dollar where your passion is, mm. when it comes to purchasing and, and investing, I think is something that I think everyone should consider. But it is a deeply personal choice. Um, and mm. if it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, but But I hope that 
everyone gets involved in some capacity. And if we offer enough investment product, hopefully mm -hmm. at least one thing would speak to almost everyone is our hope. Mm. And, and I think that what you just said there is very key. You know, this, this may not be for everyone. And I have to remember that too, because, you know, I talked to some people, I'm like, how do you not see this? You know? <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. It's, it's a no brainer, but you're right. It, it might not be for everyone. And, and everyone has to make their own decisions in life. And so I do appreciate that, that, that mindset that you have in regards to that, but still hoping that everyone does invest, but not realizing that it might not be just for everyone. Uh, and, and even if they don't invest uh, themselves in something just yet, just think about the next generation. Of course, you know, buying things, new phones, new shoes, all amazing. But mm -hmm. the moment that they start thinking about long-term yes. use of capital, yes. even as a high school student, you know, I grew up in a city in the Bay Area uh, and uh, around uh, in that you know, Microsoft and Apple and Dell and HP were in the vicinity. And the city itself wasn't very wealthy. So we got a lot of donations mm -hmm. uh, of used computers and laptops from these major companies. Yes. I think the next wave of it, and I think hopefully Republic at one point will get to a point where we can donate a amount of money to high schools in certain areas and hopefully at one point in most places and ask students to invest five dollars ten dollars here's ten dollars for free instead of a used laptop or calculator why mm. don't you make an investment and explain why you think this is good mm. i think that that would go such a long way to improving financial awareness, financial education, yes. I think is going to go a long way in in closing, uh, in part, what is a growing, obviously, wealth uh, inequality in America. And I think Absolutely. a lot of it has to do with uh, financial sophistication uh, from the early, uh, early days. I 100% agree with that because... Um, I mean, if you think about most people, we we don't we're not taught these in schools. We're not taught these in home. We're not taught this in any way, shape, or form. Up until we have to now take ourselves into that predicament to try to to learn for ourselves. But I I I, I agree whole wholeheartedly with with this on, on financial education from a young age. Uh, you know, I'm working on a mentorship program for youth. And that's one of the major points that we're going to be having is is financial literacy in order for them to teach them. And and trust me when I tell you, Republic will be one of those things <laughs> that they will learn about and equity crowdfunding in general. Brian, I would love to take this conversation uh, offline and we would love to consider a grant uh, to support that program of yours so that we can wow. try something that no one has ever done before. Uh, and there's some issues to logistical issue to map out. Uh, we can start small and we hopefully down the road a year out can get freaking Sony and Apple to donate two different community for financial sophistication. Wow, it may start from this very, very podcast on Netflix. <laughs> wow, man. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That's, wow. Thank you so much. Like, that's amazing. I can't, yeah, I can't even. Commitment on, on my end. On, yeah. On, and uh, we should. We uh, let, Let's take that. Uh, Abs absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, there is no question about that. Thank you so much, Ken. Wow. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I must say you're, you're, you're an amazing person. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how far out Republic is going to, to, to bless, not just um, those who are already in it, but those who will be in, in the future, man. You're uh, to, to know, to know and understand that you are at the helm of this. Um, I, I'm, I'm very glad and I'm very, very happy to know that there, there's a, there's a man like you who sees not just the dollar signs, but sees the heart of individuals who sees, um, the impact that it makes on, on, on the lives who makes, who sees the, the, the vision of, of reaching youth of, of helping, um, build or bridge the, the financial 
gap in America and the world. And so just thank you so much, Ken. I, I really appreciate who you are as a person. No, uh, thank you. And I, I really mean it uh, without trying to be polite or anything. I think it's very much, uh, it takes a village uh, and more than a village to build this model. And Brian, without you having me, having an interest in what we're building, being such a major evangelist and us not having a conversation, this is how ideas come together. And it's not one person's idea ever. It's the, <laughs> you know, uh, the setting and, and yes. alignment in intention and interest. And that's what I meant. It's from, from different perspectives and new things come about. And yeah, we'll sure hope that there will be a million more in organically that some involving us, some not involving us. But uh, I hope that it's a, a model in the future that sure. people can just get involved and build what they think they think makes sense. You know? For sure. Uh, let me ask this last question before we leave here. Les Brown makes, makes a statement. He says that the graveyard is one of the richest places in the world because in there, so many people have have dreams, have books, have businesses, have ideas that have died with them because they chose not to make it a reality because of the fear and the worry of self-doubt. What do you say to the person who has this creative idea, who has this this business, who has this uh, this next big thing that you know has come into their minds, and they're 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 thinking, you know, how do I make this a reality? You know, what do you say to that person who's trying to make it big in this world, and how do you and how are you saying that Republic will even help them? Well, that is a. Uh... A deep question about, I think, a profound issue that that most people think about, and you said it in a way that um, it touch. It, it's an issue that I think about a lot, uh, mm-hmm. but not be able to articulate it in the way that you just did. Um, but I agree. I think most people are too fearful to lacking in confidence to do what they know in their heart is needed to make them happy. Mm. And the only way to do that is just take yourself out of the current moment and pretend it's a year from now or 10 years from now or even 100 years from now, all of us will die at one point. That's the one truth. And time goes by very fast. So just envision yourself on that last day of life, it may be tomorrow for all you know. You're right. Or it may be 100 years or 200 years. Nowadays, we live for very long, but still a short period of time. And True. look back and just ask you know, yourself this. Would I be happier or not or, or less happy making this decision mm-hmm. at that moment of my future self? And I think when you look back in that, in that sense, I think it's inevitable in the same way that I'm looking back at my younger self, um, that the opinions, the things that you care about at that time that prevent you from doing what you think, what you want to do, was so immaterial, so not important. Uh, and the concern that am I going to, if I don't, if I don't take that job because it pays less, I really love it, but it pays less. And therefore, what about my kids? How am I going to put food on the table? They're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. And guess what? Your kids are going to be happier with a happy dad working at a lower pay job than being a miserable dentist who hates his job and buy you Gucci. Like it's, That's it's huge. At the end of the day, it's just happiness that matters and have that confidence to do what, what's needed to make you happy. And I really think that for most people, probably impossible to say this for everyone, is being involved that, that if you care about something, just do it. Mm. Like Nike, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> took that, that tagline. Yeah. But, uh, if there's one tagline that I would love to take, <laughs> that would be just do it. <laughs> just do it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Everyone, Kendrick Gwynn, CEO and co-founder of Republic, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Madcasters, making a difference in such a global scale uh, as we as we see it now, changing my life, uh, changing many people who I know and and I know will continue to change millions. 
as you as you continue to flourish and build this this wonderful company. And I may I may be speaking for you, but I, I you know as you said that when you when you look back at your life, um, I, I actually I'll just ask the question: as you look back, do you do you feel like you even even if things were to end today, whatever the case may be, do you feel like you know you left it all on the on the table? Right now, uh, and in the past couple of years, I would like to say that yes, increasingly, that's an answer that I that I can say. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to live for 200 years. Uh, yeah. I hope that Republic will last outlast my lifetime. There you go. And if tomorrow somehow that my life ends there, zero regret. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That, I love to hear that, man. I love because that that's how you know you've left it all on the table and. You know, one of my favorite basketball, my favorite basketball player actually is Kobe Bryant. And I, and you know, it was such a sad day when he found out that we, that he passed away last year. But one thing that I know for sure is that he left it all on the table every single day, no matter what he did. If it was being a basketball player, if it was building a business, if it was writing a book, if it was being a father, if it was being a husband. So I'm really glad to hear that. That's also the mindset that you have here, Ken. And Brian, um, beyond, the curtain. Uh, we all have belief uh, about what happens beyond that curtain. Yes. Uh, yeah. But no one knows for sure. The one thing we do know for sure is that this moment of life, and I think not giving it our own, and people ask me all the time, it's like, hey, you should rest, you should take breaks. And I'm like, oh, fine, great, but you're going to rest when you die. Uh, so <laughs> if you have the energy for it, if you're so excited yeah. about it, and do it happily. Go on and do it. Do Wait, save all night. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Brian, I actually have a question, a request. Actually, sure. if you are free on one of these Friday at about one thirty p.m. Eastern time, okay. may, would you tune into our company-wide team meetings? We typically invite advisors and whatnot to go and mm-hmm. talk team just kind of like provide perspective sure. like the last uh, person to join us was randy zuckerberg the the sister of mark uh okay. was the one before that uh but i would love to we actually have not had an investor meaning like uh for a customer on yeah. like uh joining and it is so cool like i, I love this conversation thank you <laughs> thank no you collaboration needed just kind of like authentic similar yeah. to- the reverse role a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would love that. I would love that. Um would, yeah, let's would 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 you be free, say, would this Friday, next Friday, or the Friday after that, which one is best for you at around 130? 130. Um man, you know, let's 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 do it sooner than later. I'll do it tomorrow. One you said 130. Oh no, one 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 p.m. Tomorrow. Oh, one p.m. and that's Eastern time? Correct. Mm. What? Why don't we do it next? Next. Uh, if one thirty is easier for you tomorrow, I can do that as well. But otherwise, let's do it the following Friday. Yeah, let's do it the fro- for the following Friday, one o'clock. So that'll um, be eleven you, o'clock my time. My calendar. I'll send over a thirty-minute calendar hold. Uh, so that yeah, awesome. Man, I really appreciate this, Ken. You're. <laughs> I'll. I'll. Yeah, you're you're an amazing guy, man, and I'm definitely looking forward to 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 more con- conversations between you and I, and um, just being yeah. able to to make this happen. I I can't I can't wait, and uh, Brian, uh, I just the just what you had suggested with the the youth group. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, like let's a hundred percent make that. Yeah, happen. let's 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 uh, do I'll it, man. Uh, and let me know uh, just whatever framework you have, you know, the group and mm-hmm. obviously the structure on how and where. Uh, just let me know and I'll map out a, a grant uh, from from Republic to make that happen. Absolutely. Thank awesome. you again for that, Ken. Thank it's, you so you know, much. Yeah, thank you. for It's like a project. We, we, yeah. you know, a framework that can roll out. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. Roll it out to a few high school. I actually know some people at like, you know, some some random high schools. Yeah. And like roll it out. Yeah, it can be amazing. It can be something that cooperation would totally get behind that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, man. This is 
<laughs> this is really exciting. I'm, I did not expect that in any way, shape, or form. And so it's yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't come into it with I I, yeah. I I don't know that I've ever told anyone this random concept. There's so much going on that you know when I travel, it's just random. Yeah my mind and it's just that this conversation that somehow it walks down that path there you go man <laughs> like you said it, it, it's it's sort of luck but it's it's yeah. it's being able to get yourself out there man so thank yeah you're yeah, no, thank, yeah. more than thank gracious man room for for making room for this conversation they, absolutely an email uh, and i'll add uh, the, my team coordinator and yeah we'll, we'll uh i'm really excited for for the team to just hear your perspective uh, absolutely as uh, on this and then we run a separate track on the uh, on the um, you know on the youth uh, investment sure uh, absolutely thank awesome. you so much ken looking forward to have a good one Bye. thank you for tuning into today's episode of madcasters please remember do what you were called to bring into this world find a way to make a difference in your life and in someone else's life today even if that's just one thing follow us on instagram don't forget to leave a rating and review and become a Patreon supporter. Tune in next Thursday as we continue to grow and inspire because this is the launch pad for you to go mad.